Welcome to the Christmas Day edition of the Understanding Men podcast, which is basically two guys talking about things that men could but don't speak about anywhere near enough. I'm Luke Sutton and I'm here with my great friend Fraser Franks. Before we go any further, we want to wish everyone a very, very happy Christmas and I hope you're enjoying a wonderful day right now with your loved ones. And for full disclosure, we are recording this prior to Christmas Day so that we can also be buried in a mountain of cheese and mince pies. <laughs> so Fraser, I know it's not Christmas Day for us, but I'm going to say happy Christmas. How are you, my friend? Happy Christmas, Luke. I'm, I'm really well, thank you. What are you hoping to wake up to this morning, Luke? <laughs> well, under the, <laughs> under the Christmas tree. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that there's enough batteries around the house, screwdrivers, you know, to fix various toys to be operating, enough scissors to cut those things, that those like metal plastic oh, things that go around the toys. I love Christmas. Joe, my wife, and my daughter, Emily, the two people in the world who love Christmas more than anyone I know. And I just, I actually love their excitement yeah. around it. So I, I can't wait. How about you? Yeah, I, I can't wait. I think Nellie's at the perfect age. She's four now. So she's, oh, she's just going to be loving life. And I, I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I'm someone that I, I've always loved Christmas, but I think as a, like during my professional career, I, I don't actually know what it's like in cricket, but I had days where I would train on Christmas day or be in hotels on Christmas day. So There'd always be a Boxing Day fixture, and you'd be you'd be in and around, and you had to watch what you eat and stuff like that. So it's probably the the part of the year I enjoy most about about being away from professional sport, where you actually get a full Christmas day and you get to do what other people do. How, how was it for you in cricket over the years? No, no, mate. We're cricketers are fair weather human beings, animals. I was thinking, no, mate. Christmas <laughs> Day, we we need it to be absolutely perfect conditions for us to allow our very dainty paws <laughs> onto the field. So Christmas Day in the heart of winter, there is definitely no cricket happening. No, I've been uh, no, yeah. I've been uh, I've I've played cricket in Australia and South Africa and been away at Christmas at times, but still on Christmas Day you don't play. So it's, it's been, you know, the traditional way it is. But yeah, cricketers. I mean, if you're, there is such a thing as the Boxing Day test match, which is where England play Australia. Well, actually, Australia play a team. They start on Boxing Day. So that's probably the closest that we get, mm-hmm. cricketers get to footballers of having Christmas slightly interrupted. But otherwise, it's just for me, a lot of blue cheese, chocolate. I shock myself each Christmas. My levels of greed and gorge is just horrific. <laughs> Day of indulgence. Absolutely. But here we are. First ever Christmas edition of our podcast. Who who thought, hey? Who'd have thought we'd get here? But it's very exciting. I we'll, you know, we'll wrap up the, the year at the end of the year, but it's a real kind of honor, I think, to have got to Christmas and be doing a podcast that's literally going out on Christmas Day. So I, mm. I think that's amazing. So Fraser and I were trying to work out what we would do on Christmas Day, something that was kind of befitting the season and befitting the theme of the podcast and everything that we do. So we decided that we were going to pick out three each inspiring people, stories or moments of 2023 that we wanted to share with you. And we were going to call them the Understanding Men Christmas Presents, which 
in hindsight, Frozen is pretty crap, but we're just going to roll with it. <laughs> I just, I'm not sure what else we were going to call them, but yeah. Anyway, so we're doing, we're doing three each. And what I'd also love to share with you is the stress this has caused no, has know. been considerable to the point that last night, Fraser and I were WhatsApping each other under immense stress of whether we'd got our final three sorted. And I even did the really sly thing of choosing one and sticking it in our WhatsApp group early enough so that I kind of bagsied it and it couldn't be chosen by Fraser. And then even as we were like five minutes before to come on the pod, Fraser was like, I'm not sure about my third. I'm still not sure, Luke. We'll, <laughs> so, we'll, see, what, we'll see what comes out. So literally anything could happen here, my friends. Yeah. So with no further ado, Fraser, we're going to start as ever, or almost as ever, with you. Who is your first person, story, moment that you want to bring to life? Yeah, and this this did create such unnecessary stress, Luke. I was on my train <laughs> journey yesterday, Googling, trying to find. It's so hard to find when you just type in inspiring people or moments or something of 2023, because everyone takes you down their own little rabbit hole. Anyway. My first one was actually, I I started to, I had a little bit of time on the train. So I had a couple of hours and I was thinking, what have I watched or listened to or read this year that has really sort of stopped me in my tracks and had an impact on me? I think it was quite early in 2023. So it might have been, I definitely remember it being cold. It was maybe February or March. And I was at Wembley for the day on a Friday of all days. And it's the worst day to travel back up north on the motorway. And I remember putting my sat-nav on and it said that my journey, because I was going up to Blackpool from London, it took me about two hours to get out of London. And it was an eight-hour journey I had to do in the car. And that morning, I'd ordered Matthew Perry's audiobook, so Matthew Perry Chandler from Friends. And he brought out a book and someone had, had passed it on to me. And it's called Friends, Lovers and the Big Terrible Thing. And spoke a lot about addiction and his his just life story in general. And I listened to it. That that whole audiobook was about eight hours, I think. And I listened to that entire audiobook on that journey home, which should have been a pretty terrible, miserable journey on a cold Friday afternoon. But it was just amazing. And the way that he you know you can listen to an audiobook sometimes and it's quite monotone. Just listening to him tell his story just even brought it to life even more. Julia Roberts is my girlfriend. It doesn't matter, you have to drink. I just bought my dream house. It looks across the whole city. Can't enjoy that without a drug dealer. I'm making a million dollars a week. I win, right? Would you like to have a drink? Why, yes, I would. Thank you very much. I'd had it all, but it was all a trick. Nothing was going to fix this. But that journey for me was just, I loved every minute of it. And I got home and I think I've, I sat, instead of getting out of a car, desperate to get home, I think I sat in the in the drive for about another 15 minutes to finish it off. And it had such an impact on me. And it's it's one of those, you know, unfortunately, he's passed away since then. You know, in the last, I think it's probably about two months now since he's passed away. Everyone knows of the issues and the, the struggles that he's been through in his life. But for me, that for him to have finished a book like the one that he did and be able to pass on so much wisdom and strength and hope and so much humor within it, that's like the best thing in that book. Like, it's so sad 
but such great humor and like the way that it's written and the lessons that he tries to get across to people. And I said to you, like, is it a bit sad to put this one in there? But for me, like, he's left something behind and a legacy behind. And although his life's, you know, sadly moved on, that book that he's made and the impact he's had on people will change so many lives and save so many lives going forward. So I thought I had to put Matthew Perry as one of mine. And it can also be a Christmas present practically as well. So that does come under that little barrier that you said before. I'm going to get over the disappointment of you not giving one of my number of books a plug for a Christmas book, but that's that's fine. I have got three of them propping up my microphone as we speak, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone needs any toilet door stops, you know, uh, they're available. What was it about his story and his book then that hooked you so much? What was it that resonated? Was it the the addiction part of it? Uh, Probably a little bit of everything. I think probably the... The addiction side of it was, you know, you've heard a lot of people talk about this, but that was like the solution to his problem. So he went through a lot as a child and a lot of like abandonment issues and not feeling good enough and trying to make people laugh and trying to play a character. And he he lived such a an amazing life. Like, and a lot of people think it really illuminated and highlighted, you know, a lot of people think if I can get to this level of fame, if I can get to this level of money, all my problems will go away. and everything will just fit into place and slot into place. And he did all that and he achieved exactly what he went out to achieve beyond his sort of wildest dreams, but it didn't fix those underlying issues that he had. And it wasn't until he got the thing that he realized, you know, I'm still, there's something in here that isn't right. And I just love the way that it's such a, a, you know, some really sad moments, but it isn't all doom and gloom. And he can laugh at himself and he can laugh at some of the antics and things that he was doing. He tells it with just such honesty and just everything he, when someone starts talking, just so much I related to straight away that that eight hour journey, just, I just, I I remember like laughing. I remember getting upset at one point. I remember pausing it and calling someone just, it had a real impact on me. And I think a lot of people, I, th- I think a lot of people look at, look at his life and he's a character that he's a lovable character on TV. And he's one of those people that, and then I think people want him to do well. And mm. he just showed like amazing vulnerability and strength. And as I say, like the humor side of it just brought it all together for me. Mm. And I remember sort of binging on friends afterwards because he starts talking about, he can tell in certain episodes where when he's drinking, he's very slim. When he's on opioids, he's big. When he's done this, when he's broke his arm, like all these different things that go on. And it shows as well that a lot of people that are maybe in a little bit of denial about addiction and they say, well, I can't be this because I've got this job or I'm holding down this or I've got a family. He's one of the most high functioning, high performing alcoholics and addicts mm-hmm. that I've ever seen and did it all with this massive smile. But yeah, it's been obviously, you know, really sad news that he passed away. But what he can be extremely proud about is what he's left behind, which is something that will help a hell of a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's especially with comedic personalities is is when you kind of discover about the depth of them, because 
Mm. Essentially, they you know they make you laugh, so it's it's a really natural human instinct, and you just recognise them for that. You make me laugh, and that's it. And then I, I think when you tap into their story, you realise the depth of his his story, his life, how addiction was wrapped into that, how comedy was wrapped into that, and it also just makes me. Whenever I hear something like that, it makes me remember how powerful it is when humans connect with other humans. So you've never met him in your life and and obviously, sadly, you're not going to. But yet you felt a connection by reading about his story. I find that really interesting. I think humans, we want to connect with each other. You know, people listening to this podcast, it's because you want to connect, don't you? You don't want to feel alone in the world. I think that's amazing. It's exactly how, how we connected. I, I listened to you on a podcast, didn't I? And, it, yeah. and I've never had a, a drop of alcohol since. And then now we're doing our own podcast. But it didn't, <laughs> I think he's got, he had about 15 million Instagram followers, but there was still a bit in me going, if I send him a message here, I think he's going to see this. And I remember, <laughs> I remember sending him a message afterwards and he didn't get back to me, which I was a bit gutted about. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, that I just absolutely to made my day. That it's just, it's just made I thought, my just Christmas. by chance, he might, you he might never know. You know? <laughs> oh, man. we were going to be mates after that, Luke. Yeah. It worked with you. It didn't work with him so much. <laughs> you, this might be another time for another episode. But do you, I think there's more. You've done more of these. I think you've. Oh um, yeah. Have so you dropped Taylor Swift DMs. a comment, or you've you've this? <laughs> <laughs> oh that is absolutely gold dust brilliant <laughs> i love that i mean for obviously yeah. fair advertising rules we must remember that more books are available particularly ones written by luke sutton and they're available <laughs> on amazon at a re- really good price if anyone's disappointed yeah, under here yeah we've got back from the edge we've, <laughs> we've got, got the life of a sports agent yeah and we've got life after elite but sport, they can be the used for many things and yeah, they are. They're being used well for a microphone stand at the minute. Reading. And there's also another one on the way, Luke, isn't there? Well, yes. Well, there's the, the death of you. Creme de la creme of. Well, there's the, the death of you is out now is available, but I mean mm-hmm. you, they're available to be. You can read them. You can use them for your fire. You can prop microphones <laughs> up with them. I wouldn't even just consider them just as books. Just think of them as utility tools. So anyway, <laughs> great start for us there with your first Understanding Men Christmas present, number one, Fraser. <laughs> right, yeah. I guess I better do mine. No, mine number one. So I am going to choose Kevin Sinfield. So for those of you who don't know, Kevin Sinfield was a uh, England and Great Britain rugby league player. I think he actually played rugby union as well for a little period of time. He definitely coaches in rugby union now, a legend of the sport and played at Leeds Rhinos. That was his local club. And his teammate, Rob Burrow, who is an an equally player of, of stature as Kevin, sadly was diagnosed with motor neurons disease and the Burrow family and, and Rob, have have been very open and public about it. And, you know, his path, it's a devastating disease. It's incredibly cruel to watch someone go through that, a family go through that. If you don't know about motor neuron disease, then please have a look at it. It's it's a really, really, really tough disease. And for that community, is they're, they're in particular need of support. So Kevin Sinfield was his teammate and decided to try and raise, I think initially he tried to raise around £700,000 by running seven ultra marathons in seven days. He ended up getting far more money than that donated by people. And it was absolutely incredible. And I, I want to play you 
his little interview that he did when he finished his seventh ultra marathon. And then that will pull it into perspective a little bit why I chose him. Kevin, you have done seven ultra marathons in seven days. You said you were just going for a run for a mate. What kept you going? Uh, that exact thought. Um, it's all about friendship and um, the love for Rob. Um, I know that everybody feels the same way that I do about Rob Burrow. He's an absolute champion. The way the Burrow family have been so courageous and brave. Um, we just want to be a great friend. And if we can all try and be a bit of a better friend from time to time, I think we have a bit of a better place to live in. The reason I picked Kevin out for my first one, and I remember when I listened to that interview, and he was obviously very emotional. I think it was in, a, in front of a packed house at Old Trafford. And I think it's partly a Northern thing. And having lived up in the North of England, I, I know how people go about things, but partly just the authenticity of it. It's really simple. You know, there was no flair around it. There was no, just said I was going, I'm going for a run for a mate. There was no kind of, anything other extravagance around it, great PR angles or anything like that. And I love that. And I love the fact that he talks about him just wanting to be a good friend and look out for his fellow man and the world would be a better place if we were doing that. I, I couldn't agree more. If we had a bit mm. more in that in the world and we were looking, looking out for our neighbour rather than trying to judge them or find difference in them, you know, I think the world would be a better place. And I just loved how Kevin Sinfield, it was just really simple, no no extravagance, no flair around it. I'm just helping out a mate by going on a run. And I think the world would be a better place for that. I'm I'm all for that. Then later on, he, he does also run the Leeds Marathon. And at, at the end of the Leeds Marathon, he, he actually picks Rob Burrow up and he carries him across the line. And it's it's such a powerful image. And um, I just properly take my hat off to Kevin Simfield. I think he's, he did an amazing thing and he's an amazing man. That is the one that you bagsied early doors and chucked in the... Uh... I did. In the WhatsApp group. Yeah. And I put it out yesterday on Instagram. Can anyone come up with their heroes of 2023 or most inspiring things? The only response I got, which was about eight of, you know, the messages that came through, all said Kevin Sinfield. Wow. And, you know, for a lot of people, it must be like a, a real figure that's, as you said, connected with so many people. But you can see the authenticity. And, He's doing something not to get anything off the back of it. And he doesn't really have to say anything and you can just see it in him. I've seen some of the other stuff that he's done and other interviews he's given. Whereas some other people, although they are doing like a really good thing and a really admirable thing, they're doing it for a reason because it reflects really well on them as well. So it doesn't take away they're doing like a, a good deed, but they want something off the back of it. He, yeah. You can tell he doesn't. It's really genuine. He doesn't yeah. want anything off the back of it. He's going for a run for a mate and he wants to raise money and he doesn't want the limelight. And he's an absolute machine, by the way. Yeah, of, of seven ultra marathons in seven days is like ah. crazy. Actually, yeah. just jumping in on that point, he also got interviewed a month or two later. And I can't remember exactly where the interview was, but they asked him, now you've done all this, what's next? What are you going to next do to raise money? And he, his answer summed it up perfectly he said well I, I don't want to do anything high profile because this isn't really about me this is just about raising money 
and I got a lot of attention for what I did last time. So what I'm going to do next will be a little bit more under the radar. And I was like, there you go. It's just so <laughs> authentic. And, you know, we can, this is a great lesson for all of us in life. We can talk a lot, but do we put the walk with it? You know, do we put the action with it? I think Kevin Sinfield there, that's just, it's authentic. It's, it's not him just kind of reaching out to the Burrow family saying, I'm so sorry. Let me know if there's anything I can do. He literally put his running shoes on and he went, I'm going to go and raise over. I don't know what the final figure was, but I know, you know, at the time of that interview, it was around 1.3 million and it would have risen. So uh, I think it's just amazing. Yeah. And for um, Rob Burrows, like I've, I've looked at, I think he's got his own podcast now. Yes, he has. Yeah. Which he's, he started doing. Mm. But I've looked at just like his, his family is just so beautiful, like his wife and, I watched like a little mini documentary of, of them and, you know, she's taking him swimming and getting him moving and he's got two like beautiful little daughters and there's an, an ex-professional footballer called Stephen Darby, who I've got quite a lot of mutual friends with, who unfortunately is, is going through something similar at the minute, has, you know, he's got motor neuron disease and is kind of slowly deteriorating, but as well as is raising money and raising awareness, but it just seems like such a cruel thing to happen because there isn't a cure for it. No. yet but with people like Kevin Simfield and people raising money and raising awareness we all kind of understand it a little bit more now we understand what that disease can do but like you said I really like that because a lot of people do you know I've had those messages in the past and probably given them out you know if, let me know if you need anything mm. I'm always here but actually having someone go no I'm gonna go and really do something about this mm. yeah no, amazing like that. right Fraser Time for your second Understanding Men Christmas present. So my number two is is a, a bit of a, a, well, a moment, but I think there's there's two kind of aspects to the hero of this story. So I, it's it's when Lewis Capaldi performed at Glastonbury, but Lewis Capaldi in general, I think, can take a lot of admiration for you know how he's conducted himself this year. And I looked on his Instagram this morning, and he's he's completely taken himself away and knows that he needs to, you know, go and have some quiet time and get better. And I think that moment there where he had the documentary where that came out on Netflix and you could see that he was, he was struggling and had kind of had this tick growing up, but had kind of been later diagnosed with Tourette's and ticks and it started getting worse and worse. And for him to go up and, and have the courage to try and perform at Glastonbury when he, he probably knew that, this was going to be a real struggle. But then I think the most beautiful thing is just like the crowd, just when he could no longer perform, other people stepped up and got him through that moment. This. Instead of it being, because it could have gone the other way, it could have been one of the worst moments. You're seeing someone on stage that 
is is really suffering and struggling and that could be the, the sort of headline from it but it ended up being the highlight of Glastonbury the whole thing because of the way that the crowd responded and it just showed when you have good people around you and you know it gave like a a little bit of insight into you know humanity look what look at all these people are doing to try and really help this guy that's really struggling in front of everyone and i just thought that was like yeah one of the most beautiful moments of the year that i've seen yeah i agree i agree with everything you said the the bit i want to add to it which, which felt really powerful for me at the time was him what he was going through is you know imagine going through that in a in a classroom or in a pub or in a cafe it would be really difficult wouldn't it but he was doing it in front of 100,000 people in Glastonbury millions and millions of people watching on the TV there was just like no hiding place for him mm. and i just thought he was clearly really struggling and your heart broke for him in that moment but he didn't run off did he he just he mm. he stood there and i know he he now needs a period of time to get better and and I hope he is getting better and getting every, all the support and treatment he needs I'm sure he is but at some point I hope he's able to reflect on that moment and go you know there's a bit of fighter in there in him is is a bit of spirit oh, yeah. he's not trying to hide from who he is I mean in fact he's been very unapologetic all his life about who he is but I just think in that moment it, it, lesser people would have crumbled and walked off stage immediately and just not cared he actually still cared about the performance side of it mm. even though he was as a personality just completely falling apart i thought it was incredible yeah you're right about that and i didn't i didn't actually think of it like that at times because there is that option isn't there to just you know drop the microphone and and run and and get away from that as soon as you can but again because we're because we're doing this i i watched it again this morning and he's literally just stood there and he he looks like a little bit helpless but he's just like can't believe all these people are, are doing this to help me out and he stays there and it ends it does end up being like the performance of of Glastonbury for completely different re- reasons for what he would have imagined but that's a moment in 10 years time people still look at and go wow do you remember this moment and it's for me it's a bigger part a bigger you know take the individual out of it take the arena out of it it's like when someone's struggling and going through a difficult time, having people that you can lean on to get you out of that situation or that can help you and can support you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why it connected with me so much, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. I just on a completely really short side issue, I don't know if you watch the Robbie Williams Netflix documentary, yeah, but that's, you know, also watching him kind of essentially crumbling on stage, but no one really being aware of it. The one that he particularly highlights is in Leeds. And I've got friends who are at that concert and you're watching him really have a, I guess, a kind of mental breakdown is the most accurate way to describe it. And I asked them about that concert. They they thought it was the greatest concert of their lives. And Mm. those guys who stand up there and perform like that is it's no hiding place, is it? So I take my hat off for them. No, and, and my I watched that documentary of my mum and she's always been like a massive Robbie Williams fan. And he's always come across as like the, the most confident, nothing phases him, nothing bothers him. But when you watch that documentary, it's so eye-opening to how, mm. and, and pretty similar, we, I know we talked about it when Stephen Reed was on here, but the Ronnie O'Sullivan documentary mm. where backstage, it's all like, oh my God, I can't do this, I can't do this. And then you go out and it's like, 
they've just got that switch that can just perform. Mm. And even when Robbie Williams is a little bit older in life and he's performing on, there's one where he's performing on X Factor and he's just like dancing and looks so confident and he comes off and he's down and he's shaking and he can't do it anymore and he has to take away a break from it and he's, you know, he's leaning on all these substances to try and get him through. And mm. it's it's amazing because we don't see that. And as as you said, with your friends that go to the gig, his perception is everyone else out there is feeling what's going on in my head at the minute. They can all see it. But actually, you're that good at performing that no one actually knows what's going on inside your head or behind the scenes. There's, mm. there's been a couple of those that have really, I took a lot from that Robbie Williams documentary. Yeah. Well, also, the other thing I took from it was if you're going to have a Netflix documentary in which essentially you just watch footage whilst in your underpants lying in bed... <laughs> That is one way. <laughs> that is oh, yeah. one way to make a documentary, isn't it? I'm like, must have done two days of filming in his underpants <laughs> in bed. <laughs> Made a few million quid yeah. off it. I mean, happy Christmas. That's what I'm saying. It did make me laugh. Yeah, well, it had an impact on me the next day because I listened to about. I had another journey from London up to Manchester, and I listened to about two hours of Robbie Williams did songs. You? I thought you were about to say uh, you just yeah, walked around in your underpants and addressing the animal day. <laughs> no, I've not got that in me. Nice, very good. Number two, understanding men Christmas present. So for my second, I am going to choose someone who I have spoken about on this podcast before, one of our earliest ones, and I can't remember exactly which one it is, but I want to highlight again, Bobby Brazier. So if you you don't know who Bobby Brazier is, just to give you a bit of background on him, he is the son of Jeff Brazier and Jade Goody. Jade Goody was a very high profile media personality who sadly died in 2009 of cervical cancer. And Jeff Brazier has also been in the media all his working life and is a presenter now. And it was a big, big story when Jade died and Jeff was left with two young sons in Bobby and Freddie. Bobby now is a actor and a model. He is on a TV show called EastEnders, which is one of the biggest soap operas on British television. And he won at the National Television Awards, which is a huge, maybe the biggest television awards in the, in the United Kingdom. He won Rising Star. And he gave a speech which just blew me away. For a 20-year-old to say the things he said, it just blew me away. And I'm I'm going to play it to you again. I, I watched the speech again a few times yesterday when I was preparing for today. And one of the things I didn't notice the first time, a few times I, I watched it was how nervous he is. His hands are shaking within it, which is, you know, <laughs> completely understandable. But to be that nervous and yet to be able to say the things he said, which again, I'm, I want to play it for you and then talk about, I think it was just mind-blowingly brilliant. So there's two clips. I'm going to play them back to back. I've been thinking about what I might say over the last couple of days, and it's just, it's become very, very, very obvious. This actually has very, very, very little to do with me and everything to do with my dad. For <laughs> over the course of the last, the last 20 years, I've consistently heard him say, because I can it was a mantra or a motto of his. And him just saying that, it's <laughs> because I can. You know, because I can, why not? Finally, I must, I must thank that within me and within all of us that protects me, guides me, loves me, heals me, 
and just is always there with me, whether I've got an NCA, whether I don't, whether I'm this, whether I'm that. It always is there. So that's within all of us, and that's to that. Thank you, everybody, so much. Oh, I love that. I love that so much, honestly. <laughs> I'm such a crybaby. I, I feel like when I hear the second clip, I just get really yeah. emotional. So I remember when we talked about it in the early episode, the, the thing that really stood out for me was in this moment of real self-gratification. He was getting a huge award to recognize his acting. He just spun it on his dad immediately and said, it's because of my dad, my, what my dad did and what, what he said. And I, I think that's wonderful. And, it, and anyone who's watched the clip, is, his dad is in the crowd crying and it's very emotional. But you think of the journey that Jeff's been on with him to, to bring them up their mother died under the intense media spotlight and for him to have that awareness to, to see outside of himself, which is something I want to, I, I'll go back to at the end, I think it's remarkable. And then that second clip where he talks about the thing within himself, I, I can't remember, did he say the voice inside me or that's in me and in you and all of us, the way he says it, it's so authentic but it's to me as a you know I'm more than double his age so powerful because he's talking about a concept some people would call it god some people would call it conscience but he talks about it being that it, it, it that voice inside him it always protects him heals him whether he's got an nta or not that is like oh is so on point whether he has an nta or not he thanks it so he's mm. just received this huge accolation in front of millions of people. It's going to be huge for his career, huge for his profile, huge for his earnings, could be huge for his ego, right? And he goes, but I lastly want to thank that voice inside me or that thing inside me that protects me, heals me, whether I have an NTA or not. I don't need validation. This thing here, whatever concept we want to call it, doesn't need outside affirmation. And that blows me away. If you want to mm. teach your kids something and in a world which is just full of outside validation with social media just amplifying everything to an extreme there's bobby brazier saying it's okay i've got something within me that protects me and you've got it within you and it doesn't matter whether i've got an nta or not i'm like wow and to jeff i know i said this the first time mm. as a dad to a dad i just take my hat off to him i think what a proud moment that second part just articulates everything that I know my faith like I believe all of that and at 20 years old to be able to articulate that to yourself or to to one person but to be able to get up on stage and articulate that in front of cameras and a big crowd and it's a big moment and as you say he's shaking and he's nervous but to go this is what I want to I want to help people with almost and what I want to share with people just is, is amazing. Yeah. And that really, that really does connect with me because I've, I, I just imagine myself at 20, what I would have said <laughs> if I'd have won something like that. No. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that that concept wouldn't have existed within me. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that at all. Now, probably only in the last five or six years, is a path that I've gone down and I've got real faith and I've got a real belief and I've got that voice within me that I feel guides me and it pulls me and when I'm going away from it it pulls me back and lets me know that isn't the right thing to be doing and lets me know sort of certain values and decisions that I have 
and it's a little bit of that gut feel but it is that consciousness and I think he was probably a little bit aware of I think he's talking about God but maybe he thought right I'm not going to mention that word just in case you know it does scare people a little bit maybe if I just articulate it this way maybe this was all subconscious as well he might not have known at 20 years old to be like deciphering all of this but he might have gone if I say I want to thank God, maybe people might think, oh, that's for him and it isn't for me. Whereas when he says that little voice within and that guides me and and as you said there, whether he wins it or not, that's like one of the big parts of that speech, yeah. whether he's loved exactly the same by his dad, by that within, whether he wins, whether he doesn't win it. Mm. I didn't actually pick up on all of this the first time that you played that clip. It's only when you've played that again there that it's probably connected with me a little bit more. Mate, it's the same. Same for me, though. It was so powerful, but I focused on the dad bit at the the start, and it's the second yeah, bit. Exactly, yeah, I mean, exactly. it's all amazing. But you're absolutely right. The presence of mind to articulate that is just mind-blowing. But also to have an understanding of it, whatever he's talking about, God, or just whatever his understanding of it, he also shares it. He doesn't go, my God looks after me and protects me and has made, which, you know, is, someone can do. He, he doesn't do that. He, he says it's within all of us. It protects all of us. And whether we're with an NTA or not, he's like sharing it. The point you made at the start, what would I have been like at 20 years old doing that? I mean, nothing, nothing like that. I love it. And you know what? We should just, mm. <laughs> Bobby Brace has come up twice in this podcast in this year in a matter of months. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a good reference point to go back to and go, listen, where are we at? Where are young people at? Let's just listen to that speech again yeah. and check in. That thing around faith and God, and you, you described it perfectly. And I just want to add my kind of relationship with it is I, I don't know what in inverted commas God is. I don't. I do believe in the universe. I do believe in the power of the universe. I do believe in something much more powerful than me. I don't control everything. I'm part of a huge universe that moves around. And you know what? Like he said, I have faith in it, that faith within me, a faith that mm. is looking after me, that is protecting me. When I listen to it, life goes well. When I don't, yeah. life doesn't go so well. I'd love to know like what um, Jeff Brazier like some of the elements that they had in their household growing up, I think that'd be quite fascinating. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. If you need, if you do need me to slide into a few DMs, Luke. Well, you know, yeah, we've I'm already discovered. <laughs> Have you? When did you message Jeff? Jeff, <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to message Jeff after. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get Jeff on. We'll get Jeff on about raising, uh, raising a son in the new year. Mark my words. We'll play this clip in in January when Jeff's when Jeff's on the podcast. Yeah. Fra well, Fraser only slides in the DMs of people with tens of millions of uh, followers because it just, <laughs> yeah, he's not big enough it, for me. Nah, yet. it just feels like yeah. Do you know what? They're just going Fraser Franks. Yeah, he's the one. Let's have a look. That's brilliant. <laughs> Right, we're we're up to our last Christmas present each. This is very exciting. What's your number three, Fraser? So this this not the one that I struggled with, but I I was like, do I have like a personal one or there's been a you know inspiring stories, but not necessarily like really out there for everyone. So would someone know? And I, I look at some of the things that that's happened with me this year, and I you know I had the heart operation, so I was looking at people like the nurses that I had in hospital who were just incredible. And I saw these people like working literally 16 hour shifts and a little bit like you say, even just touching on like the Robbie Williams documentary, like what was going on behind the scenes, but what he's letting other people see 
they could have been really struggling away from this and knackered and t- like tired and all that kind of stuff. But to me, coming out and being bubbly and singing and making sure I was okay, like it had such an effect on me. And then also I went to the British Heart Foundation Awards last week where there were just so many inspiring people that had saved lives and there are people that are campaigning for like defibrillators and getting people to learn CPR and stuff like that. And it brought me onto a little story. And I remember seeing the story and I, I looked it um, back up. It's, it's from a few months ago, but I think this little girl just summed up all of those little experiences and all of those people into one. And this little six-year-old girl, a little bit, again, they, some of these stories kind of intertwine because like the Lewis Capaldi one, when you're in that moment of, you know, fight, flight, freeze, like your nervous system, like, what do you do in that in that situation? She got on the phone, she called the ambulance and she listened to them and she took their advice and went and sat with her mum. She looked after her two-year-old sister to make sure she was okay. She couldn't actually reach the lock of the door to let the paramedics in. So she like got like a little chair, I think, and got up there and did the locks and and saved, literally saved her mum's life. I think my mum's having an asthma attack. She's having an asthma attack? Is that your mum I can hear yeah. in the background? Yeah. Yeah, how old are you, Dottie? Six. Six, okay. We're going to help mummy. Is she struggling to breathe? Yeah. Oh, darling, I'm going to stay on the phone with with you until the ambulance can get there, okay? Um, okay. Just tell her that the ambulance is coming, okay? Mummy, really struggling to breathe. Her mum's come out and said, I owe her everything. The paramedics said if it had been five minutes later, she wouldn't have been there. This is like a, a single mum with two little daughters. And I just thought it was just amazing. And this little girl is called Callie May and her mum says her mum's called Lauren and she said like she's her her proper hero but I thought she summed up there are a lot of these stories that happen every single day across the UK that we might not hear about but I was sort of privy to go to an award ceremony the other night and see some of the actual you know things that have gone on and it makes it a little bit more personal and then to see this story I was again just thinking as a six-year-old kid to know and to have like the courage to do all of that when all this is such panic and for her to do that and and save her mum's life I want to give her a little shout out for one of my Christmas presents. I also think for Callie Mae right just think about stories she can be able to tell when she's older like you know dating a boy or a girl and they're like oh how was your childhood well you know what I just did superhuman things what did you get up to yeah you know she's just gonna (laughs) she's gonna be she's gonna be on another level what an amazing human being that's love it yeah I love that she she represents the people for me yeah very good right my last understanding men Christmas present and um I just want to explain this because I want to add a little bit in before I say I'm picking out somebody from the war in Gaza and I'm absolutely not in any way taking any sort of political position here at all. Not, not in the slightest. This is a, about highlighting a human being, nothing else. I have you know, I just want to be absolutely clear on that, but I want to highlight a man called Khaled Naban, a clip of him cuddling and cradling his three-year-old granddaughter when she died went viral on social media and particularly the line that he used 
when he was talking to her while she she was dead and he said she's the soul of my soul which i think's absolutely beautiful and for anyone who's a parent or a grandparent i think you can you can really identify with that i certainly can and that clip went everywhere because it was so powerful Khalid held dream in his arms for one last time he hugged her motionless body opened her eyes and kissed her goodbye I was asking her to kiss me like she used to, but she didn't, he says. I used to kiss her on her cheeks, on her nose, and she would giggle. I kissed her, but she wouldn't wake up, he recalls. I held Tariq. I fixed his hair the way he liked it. I was wishing, hoping they were only sleeping, he says, but they weren't sleeping. They're gone. But the reason I wanted to highlight him is that what was also reported in the days and the weeks after that is that he volunteered in the local hospital looking after other people and without any noise no just very quietly just went and volunteered in the hospital and i just think for me all three of my guys you know kevin bobby and and khaled they all have this thing that they saw beyond their own pain you know they saw beyond not just their own pain their own reward their own needs themselves they saw beyond that for the sake of other people and you know in Khaled's case he had the death of his granddaughter and i don't know about the rest of his family situation but he very quickly moved to a place where he was trying to help other people i just find that remarkable i think that's what the world is about what what did kevin simfield say we are just trying to be a good friend and the world needs a bit more of that and do you know what he's, he's right and, it, and that's a grandfather going through an horrific moment of grief but actually thinking i need to go and help other people and i think on a on christmas day at the end of a year in which there's lots of turmoil around the world and there has been for a couple of years i think that's a, a really powerful message you put that in the in the WhatsApp group yesterday. And again, it's one of those, we talk about things on this podcast that sometimes it's easier just to steer clear of, you know, it's, it's quite easy to go, well, um, should we mention something that is, is, you know, let's just stay away from that and we'll pick someone else. But actually I like, I like how you, you pick that and that part there, she's the soul of my soul, blimey. Mm. And I think we do like we've, we've spoken on a previous episode about we have a choice and I was in with a Premier League Academy this week and we did a session on resilience and I, they just said to come in and talk to the boys about resilience. And I kind of made it about this because Ashley Kane was going to be one of mine as well, who mm-hmm. quite a high profile story that he lost his daughter and you have a choice and it's, the, it's horrendous. Like what, what both of these guys have gone through is, is the worst that you could ever go through, like I believe. Mm. But there's still that choice of coming out of that and going, right, I can even now think, fuck everyone, lash out at the world and you've been so hard done by that you're almost going to go on and just not really care about your actions. The worst things happen, so what's the point anymore? And you've almost got a right to do that. But it's Mm. choosing to go, you know what, this really awful, difficult thing that's happened to me now puts me in a position where I can actually help other people that have gone through something similar. Mm-hmm. And we talked about purpose on a different episode, but 
having that pain as almost like a fuel for purpose and where your three are are pretty similar as well is that it's selfless authentic mm. not wanting reward pats on the back that kind of thing and again that's kind of what christmas is about mm. i think when i look at certain things on social media like instagram for example you can often see someone will like give money to a homeless person or donate presents but they've got a camera in their hand in that homeless person's face and they're going look at look at me look what i'm doing i'm doing something really good and you're almost you're giving something but you you're you're getting validation off the back of it and everyone's going oh well done you like you're such a good person these people that you've chosen i i believe are are doing something good and then going i don't i don't need the the plaudits i'm getting mm. out of the way just like bobby Brazier's speech just like kevin sinfield like they they're doing really good things and then going this isn't about me this is about you know somebody else or something else and I, I see that thread through through kind of all of your ones. Yeah. Well, what's that? Let's another phrase on my list of boring phrases that I've get you, get yourself out of the way <laughs> and let life do its thing. Flipping heck, we've done a Christmas edition. This is like this is like top of the pops type stuff. This is amazing. <laughs> Fraser, I know it's not Christmas for us, but it is whilst people are listening to this. Happy, happy Christmas. You're, you're a pleasure to have in my life, my friend, and this podcast is a real blessing for me. So happy, happy Christmas. I'm looking forward to the Christmas edition in 2024, where I <laughs> promise to come up with an equally shit thing for us to use. Uh, happy Christmas as well, Luke. And I, I, um, you did cause us unnecessary anxiousness trying to figure out who these three were, but we've got some good ones there. We did and there was right. also going to be an extra last, last little bit. We were going to wear Christmas hats, yeah. which you chucked in there yesterday, and I was going to dash to the shop late at night. So that was one less thing I had to worry about. I was actually going to really embarrass you and stick you on my list, but I thought that might be, uh, oh, that might be a little bit too much because I, I honestly do. I, I think you've got a lot in common with the three people that you talk about there and how you've, without making you blush but how you've impacted me in in this last year and yeah got me really got me through some difficult times and always been at the end of the phone and never judged never preached and never yeah just just always been sort of that that person that I can lean on and go through and I think that's it ties all of those things in together and I think you're without making you too uh too embarrassed you're definitely up there on my list and you are to me, my friend. So all good. <laughs> all right, we're going to bring it to a close. Thank you, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. While kissing under the mistletoe or eating your 7,000th mince pie, <laughs> we hope you've had a great day and enjoyed the listen. Thanks as ever for listening to the Understanding Men podcast. You can find us on all major social platforms, including Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll be promoting every episode by our own personal social media, including today. Please come and find us. We want this podcast to be as interactive as possible. So tell us what you want and we'll deliver it. Also, if you've liked what you've heard, then go ahead and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, 
give us a Christmas Day present by giving us a review and a five-star rating would be wonderful. So finally, happy Christmas again. Thank you and goodbye for now. Bye.